Ephesians 4.25, Ephesians 4.25, Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave. If you'll allow me, because that's a whole lot, amen? I want to focus just on a piece of that verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. My brothers and my sisters, I ask you to join me in a word of prayer I'm going to share sermonically today. Do you understand the words that are coming out of your mouth? Do you understand the words that are coming out of your mouth? Come on, let us look to the Lord. God, in Jesus' name, we thank you and we give you glory. Now, God, in Jesus' name, grab a hold of me. Send the power of your spirit and proclaim this word uh, so that lives are changed, never to be the same again. Heal, save, deliver. And we'll be sure to give your name, the honor, the praise, and the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Do you understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Rush Hour. Anybody remember the movie Rush Hour? A Rush Hour, Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan. There's a scene in Rush Hour in the very beginning. Jackie Chan is getting off of a plane. Jackie Chan's getting off of a plane and he comes down and he's greeted by some folks and, and he speaks and he says hello to them and, and, and whatever, I believe it was Chinese, and he speaks to them and he's greeting them um, in, in the, his dialect. Um, and as he's doing that, Chris Tucker pulls up, and Chris Tucker's bravado, Chris Tucker's sense, and Chris Tucker's sitting there, and he doesn't realize Jackie Chan speaks English. Doesn't realize he speaks English, and he walks up to him and screaming aloud, do you speak English? And Jackie Chan says nothing, and just sits there and acts like he does, and it just kind of nods like Jackie Chan does. And Chris Tucker then screams in a real loud voice, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And it's an interesting thing because as I was looking at this scripture, as I was looking at this scripture, I realized that uh, in this book of, uh, of, to the Ephesian church, the book Church in Ephesus, that what we find is the Apostle Paul literally telling them, do you understand the words that are coming out of your mouth? It's interesting because as we are sitting here in this year of we, as we're sitting here in this year of collective responsibility, as we're sitting here in this year that God has whispered to us as a church that 2023 is the year of we, that what I realized was that as Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus, that what we find um, in this scripture that I shared with you is that Paul is trying to talk to them about how to be in unity. Paul's talking to them about how to be in unity and talk to them about how they are all members of one body. 
that Paul is very big on trying to help them to understand that they are in this thing, what? Together. And as he's talking to them about being in this thing together, it gets me because he goes to then have a conversation not on doctrine but on lifestyle. He doesn't try to talk to them about the high things of God, the doctrine of God, the laws of the Lord, but he goes to talk to them about lifestyle, about how they need to live together. Uh, that he understands that uh, you can have a church that's got good doctrine, but if our lifestyle is not together, then we will not be good for each other. And he's trying to talk to them about how to be with each other and how to live in the world, how to be in unity, how to be in the power of we. And, and even as he's talking, as you look at the scripture going from verse 25 all the way down to verse 32, what you'll see um, is that he talks to them about not to lie, and he talks to them about not to steal, and he talks to them about laying aside bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander and every form of malice. I mean, that's a, that's a long laundry list of the things you're not supposed to do. But what gets me is that while he's talking about lying and while he's talking about stealing and while he's talking about bitterness and while he's talking about rage and while he's talking about brawling and slander and malice, in the middle of all of that, he talks about guarding your conversation. In the middle of that, he, he carves out a couple of verses to talk about, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. It's a very interesting thing to me, but I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, hold on, Paul. Uh, why would that be so important? Why would that be so significant? You told them if you used to steal, stop stealing and work for your living. You told them to stop lying on each other. You told them uh, to not uh, to be angry but sin not. You told them not to let uh, themselves go to bed angry. You've told them uh, to deal with rage and you've told them to deal with slander and brawling and, and every form of malice. But in the middle of all all of that, you take the time to say, if you all are going to actually be who you need to be together, you've got to learn how to talk to each other. Uh, somebody in here, I believe that's a good word for you. Amen, somebody. Do you understand the words that are coming out of your mouth? It's an interesting thing because as Paul sits and has conversation with him, uh, he is trying to let them know that a major piece of your lifestyle is not just what you do and don't do, uh, but it is what you say and don't say. Uh, that a major part of you living as a Christian is you having a standard for your conversation. And I am sick and tired of standardless Christians. I am sick and tired of Christians who want to talk about how much they love the Lord, but it is not reflected in the way they talk to God's people. It is not reflected in the way in the conversations they have on a daily. That you can tell me how much you love the Lord, and you can speak in tongues all service long, but if you go outside and cuss somebody out, then it is in direct opposition to what you are saying that you are and who you shall be. You can come up in here and you can recite every scripture that you want and you can I'm talking about you can lift holy hands and you can give God glory and you can hallelujah all you want but if you can't be able to encourage somebody outside of here and outside of here all you can do is hate on folks and talk about folks and gossip about folks then your conversation does not reflect the lifestyle of Christ that you're supposed to be living that, that, that you are not living up to the Christian standard of what your conversation should be okay I know I want to go no bunch of shouts up in here today because the whole but reality is you got to tell the truth to shame the 
devil. Amen. And you got to tell the truth to shame the devil because the reality is that many of us fall short in the area of our conversation. Have I got a witness up in here? Uh, have I got somebody that's honest enough to say, Reverend, I got to get control, look God Almighty, of what comes out of my mouth. I've got to get control of what I say to people and how I talk about people and the conversations I have, about, even about the church people. I've got to get control. Y'all know how church people do it. Church folks will call you and say, baby, pray for such and such. And y'all sit there and have a 30-minute conversation about such and such life and how it's messed up and how they messed up and their issues and their challenges. But you know it ain't of God because when y'all get off the phone, ain't nobody prayed. Because y'all just called to gossip, but ain't nobody called to pray. Have I got somebody up in here that says, no, I've got to get my conversation Got to get my conversation together. One of the first things you've got to understand uh, if you are going to be able to let no unwholesome talk come out your mouth is you've got to understand you are what you speak. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are what you speak. You are what you speak. In Luke, the sixth chapter, the 43rd verse, in Luke 6, 43, let me help you. Uh, Jesus says, a no good tree bears bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I said, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And you've got to understand that you are what you speak. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're full of it. Now, what it is, we can figure out by what your conversation is. You've got to understand that at some point you've got to do what I call a conversation audit. That businesses often need to audit their books. They have to be able to look at their books and be able to tell if the, if the books are balanced. They have to be able to see if what's coming in matches what's going out. They have to be able to see if the books make sense and if the finances are in order. Sometimes you've got to do a conversation audit. That as a Christian, you've got to look over your last week's conversation and say, are my conversations balanced with the person I attempt to be in Christ? The, 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 um, what is in the fullness of my heart? Because the Bible says out of the fullness of your heart, your mouth speaks. And so now you've got to ask yourself, if I look at my conversations last week, okay, you ain't even got to go to last week. If I look at my conversations yesterday, do, what does my conversation say I am full of? Because the reality is that you don't plant, you don't go to an a, a, a apple tree and expect to get tomatoes off of it. You expect to get apples because it's an apple tree. You can tell by its fruit what kind of tree it is. What kind of fruit are you bearing in your conversation? And Paul says, do not have unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. 
And I've come by to challenge somebody today that today is the day for you to look at how you are talking to people and also how you're talking to yourself. Because some of the worst conversations about you are with you. Some of the most negative conversations about you are what you are saying to yourself. And you've got to start to get to a space in which when you're talking about not having unwholesome conversations, you're talking about even the self-talk you're doing with yourself. Stop reciting what people told you since you were young. I don't care if they told you you would never be something. Don't you tell yourself you'll never be something. Don't you tell yourself how bad you are and, and how no good you are and how much you don't deserve love. If you don't believe you deserve love, then how do you expect to get love? But you've got to start to have a new level of conversation with yourself, even if you got to lie to yourself for a second. You may not believe it, but you got to believe what God says about you. And so you can say, I'm not even sure I believe this about me. But if the word of God says this about me, then I'm going to say it about me until it becomes true about me. Because if God says it, then I believe it. Have I got somebody up in here that can say, if God says it, then that settles it. And I believe it. And if God says I'm good, then I'm good. If God says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. If God says I'm the lender and not the borrow the first and not the last, the head and not the tail, and that everywhere I set my foot, I shall be blessed, then I'm going to believe it for myself. And I'm going to tell myself, self, you got it going on. Somebody need to look in the mirror. Somebody need to grab your phone and do a selfie and say, self, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Self, you're the first and not the last. Self, you're the lender and not the borrower. Self, everywhere we set our foot today, we shall be. You are what you speak. But the second thing you've got to understand is what you say is not about you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not about you. Here's what blows my mind. Paul and trying to help them to understand that they are in community together, they're in fellowship together, they're there for each other. He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. You have to ask yourself when you're talking, how is this building somebody up? Because the truth be told, your conversation is not about you. When you are in conversation with people, if you cannot see how your conversation is building somebody up, you need to stop the conversation. If your conversation is tearing down versus building up, you need to shift the conversation. Somebody gonna say, that's hard, Pastor, because people be bringing it to me. Well, I'm gonna tell you, if a dog will bring a bone, a dog will take a bone. And so you need to get to the place where dogs don't bring you bones no more. You need to let the dog know, I don't take no bones. You can go on over there. Because I don't have conversations. You need to shame people when they come at you talking that foolishness about other people. Yo, why would you talk about them like that? That ain't cool. That ain't Christian. That's not the way we grow. Come on, family. You can do better than that. 
You need to get to a place in which when there's gossip going around, you don't even know the gossip because the gossipers won't even come to you with it. Because they know you're in the construction business. Turn to somebody and say, I'm in the construction business. My conversations build. My conversations have an impact that builds people up. Now, there's something I learned. I learned this when I was a young man. When I was a young man, I'd have had a gazillion jobs. But one of the jobs I had as a young man was, was I worked as a day laborer on construction sites. And one of the things I understood, Brother Dave, about being a day laborer on a construction, I'm talking about you could get there and the job would change every single day because I was a day laborer. I was at the bottom of the, I was at the bottom of the food chain, right? I remember going there one day, Brother Dave, and there was a stack about up to there of cinder blocks. And the man tells me, I want you to move that stack of cinder blocks from here to there. And I'm like, and so what you got to move from <laughs> it? He said, you. <laughs> and so all day, we were just grabbing cinder blocks and carrying for, And I realized during that day that the process of building takes a lot of work, takes a lot of sweat, takes a lot of effort, and it's hard work. It's not easy work. It's hard work. I'm talking about it's hard work. And the reality is, if you are going to be able to have conversations that build people up, it's hard work. Because sometimes you have to work, look past what they're showing you in the moment to build them up. Because sometimes, if you're honest, people deserve for you to talk about them like they ain't got no good sense. Because they don't got no good sense. Oh, I ain't got no real people. Over here, y'all got shaky on me. I heard more over here. Amen, somebody? Anybody ever been in a relationship with somebody who was hard to love? Anybody ever uh, been trying to be there for somebody and they didn't necessarily want you to be there for them? Sometimes having conversations that are wholesome are hard work because you have got to be able to look at what is the positive out of this situation. How do I reshape my conversation so that I am not tearing somebody down but building somebody up? And I'm telling you, it's hard work, but it's good work. Because at the end of the day, you look and people are better because you were there. Now look, here's what gets me, here's what gets me, because I told you, that, 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 I told you that what you say is not about you. The scripture says that what, that you, is helpful, that only what is helpful for building others up, what? According to their needs. You have to start to look and say, as I'm in conversation with people, what do they need and how can I be a blessing to them? In conversation. said, so you're building them up according to their needs. And one of the challenges, we got too many needy Christians. And so every conversation you have is about you. And about your needs. And about what you want. And about what you want God to do for you. But if you could ever get to the place of starting to have conversations that build people up according to their needs, then God can meet your needs because God sees you trying to meet others' needs. I'm, I'm going to give you all the cheat code. The cheat code is if you will stop focusing on what you need and start focusing on building other folks up by what they need, then God will give more to you to be able to bless them.
And so you keep finding folks who have need and see how you can be a resource to bless their need. And then God will use you and give you resources because God can trust you not to keep it all for yourself. But right now, you're so busy focusing on what you need that everything God sends you, you think is for you. When the truth be told, God's trying to send you something to bless somebody. And if you understand how God wants to bless somebody, then God will send you enough to handle your stuff and their stuff, and then everybody can be blessed. But you've got to focus not just on your needs, but on Third thing, I'm done. We just chit-chatting, y'all. We just talking. Third thing is you've got to understand your conversation has benefits. Turn to somebody and say, it pays to talk to me. Good God Almighty. You need to ask yourself, in your conversation, what benefit does somebody receive by talking to me? Okay, the scripture says that what? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. People get excited to see me come in a room because when I talk, there's a benefit to them. Okay, y'all think I'm being egotistical. I'm being scriptural. That if you are having wholesome conversation, then the Bible says that it should have a benefit to those who listen. Okay, let me take, when when I was young, when I was young, there used to be this um, ad out, there used to be this commercial out in in which some people would be talking, and you would see two guys, they were talking, two gentlemen, two business people, they were talking, and one business person was talking, and he'd be like, yeah, you know, my broker is telling me we need to get into such and such, and they're talking about stocks and stuff, and, you know, we need to invest in blah, 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 and, you know, everybody in the restaurant, and they all eating, and they chilling, and these two folks is chilling, and and they're talking, and then the other guy says, well, um, my broker is E.F. Hutton, And when he says, my broker is E.F. Hutton, everybody in the restaurant stops eating, turns towards them, and puts their ears up because the tagline is, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. The people don't just listen, supposedly, to E.F. Hutton because E.F. Hutton just talking. But they're trying to hear what E.F. Hutton has to say because E.F. Hutton is trying to show that they're a brokerage firm and that they make such good financial decisions about what stock to buy that anytime they talk, people benefit from listening to the stock tips they give. That their conversation has a level of value that everybody in the room wants to stop and listen because their conversation has that much value. And Paul is telling the church in Ephesus that if you are going to be who God has called you to be, you need to be the E.F. Huttons of your community. That when you talk, good God Almighty, people listen. Why? Because your conversation has benefit. That's the scripture. It says that it may benefit those who listen. And I've come by to talk to somebody today and say, what benefit is your conversation? 
What benefit is it when you're talking about people? What benefit is it when you're cursing all the time? What benefit is it uh, at the time that your conversation is all about the foolishness of the world? No, your conversation needs to have benefit. Well, Reverend, how does my conversation have benefit? I'm glad that you asked. Because the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And my conversation has benefit. That when I walk up in the room and I start to talk, life comes up in the room. That when I walk up in the community and I start to talk, that life walks up in the community. When I walk up in the situation and I start to talk, that life comes into the situation. When I walk into the circumstance and I start to talk, that life, I need you to be life bringers in Everywhere you go, people listen because life walks up in the room. What benefit does it share with the world when the only conversation you can have is about what's trending on social media. What benefit do you have to the world when all you can talk about is who's doing who? When all you can talk about is who's falling off? When all you can talk about is who's failing? Truth be told, if you're honest, some of your conversations show your lack of self-esteem. Show that you're really not healthy in yourself. Because you celebrate others falling off because it makes you feel like you're bigger. But anybody who's really comfortable in their self, people who have made it, don't get excited about people who haven't. People who got it going on, don't get excited about when people fall. Because anybody who's really made it has gone through failure. And they understand that a failure is just a piece of the growth process to getting it. And so they don't see the person as something to celebrate in their failure, but they have compassion because they know what it was like to fail. And now that they've made it, they understand how they can pray for somebody and have compassion for somebody who has fallen. It's only broken people that get excited about when people get broke. There is a danger when you entertain conversations about people's failures because what you're saying is, I don't feel that successful myself. And so I can find joy, I can find a weird, perverted sense of joy dealing with the fact that somebody's doing worse than me. And when you find joy in the fact that somebody's doing worse than you, you're really not doing as good as you think. But you should bring life into conversation, compassion into conversation, joy into conversation, possibility into conversation. My challenge for all of us this week is to watch your mouth. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, watch your mouth. 
Somebody going to bring y'all a bone as soon as you leave church. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. And I need you to send them back with the bone. I need you to watch. Let no unwholesome conversation come out of your mouth. If it makes God frown, don't say it. I know that your friends tell them, hey, I can't talk about that today. No disrespect. I ain't even, I ain't even judging y'all. It's just my pastor preached something, and I'm trying to just shift some stuff right now. Blame me. You don't got to get self-righteous with people, act like this ain't a conversation you done had with them all week long. Right? You don't got to be disrespectful to people who bring it because they wasn't here for the sermon, so, you know, they doing what y'all usually do. You just tell them, you know what, my pastor preached, and that joint just is messing with my head right now, and so I'm trying to do right by God, and I ain't trying to let Jesus be mad at me, and so it, I, I'm not going to be able to talk with you like that right now. No disrespect, I love you. So this is not nothing. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not judging you or nothing like that. I'm just saying that for right now, I'm trying to shift some stuff in my life because I'm trying to attract some stuff to my life. And I'm realizing that if I'm trying to be a resource, then God can pour me more resources to be a resource. But I need to be a benefit in my conversation. And this conversation, I just am not sure how it's benefiting anybody. And so I can't be a part of it. But we cool. I love you, mama. I love you. <laughs> Uncle, I love you. Church, say amen. What I want right now, I want to do an interestingly different altar call. But today, I want to pray for those during this week are asking God to help them to have wholesome conversations. If you want to make a commitment to try to shift your level of conversation, I want you to stand all over the church if you want to make a commitment. Before God now, before God, before God, thing I know, and I know this from my own life, there were moments in my life when I decided to shift it for the Lord, and it shifted it for me. That, that there was a shift on the inside that became long-lasting for me. Because funny, a preacher was trying to tell me about a situation with a preacher in the region someone who I actually knew and I preached for them and all this stuff and I was like man I didn't know none of that was going on over there and this preacher said to me Tony Lee I'm going to need you to get at least one messy bone in your body I said people don't come to me talking about this stuff so I had no clue all this stuff was happening because I just could care less about those conversations 
that didn't just happen for me. That happened about, good God Almighty, about 30 years ago at Ebenezer AME Church around this time. I just made decision. I heard messages like this. It talked about how you are known by your fruit. And I just decided I wanted to be the kind of fruit that God could be glorified. It didn't happen easily. For me, in the beginning, it was learning how to stop cussing. Church, say amen. I know I've said this story to y'all before, but maybe somebody we got visitors ain't heard this story that it was me, my brother Bill, and my cousin John John. Black people cousin, not biological. Amen. Me, the Bill John. All of us have come out of different levels of hoodness dysfunction. <laughs> and I could curse, good God Almighty, I could curse. My sentences would be all curse words. It wouldn't be no adjectives, no verbs. It would just be curse words. I'm talking about from the top to the end. It would just be like, and it would make sense, but it would be all curse words. It wouldn't be nothing in between that, that was just how I taught that was just how I taught and, but I started getting challenges at Ebenezer to change my language and it was something Pastor Browning said that shifted for me because I used to think I couldn't stop cursing and he said one time y'all have problems cursing but you don't curse here in church you don't curse in front of your mama, at least my mama, amen? Right? That you know what settings you can curse and what settings you can't. Therefore, there's something in you that is a filter. There's somewhere in you that there's discipline because you decide when and where you turn it on or turn it off. And what he said is you've got to get to a place where that's just your standard that you use that discipline not just in front of your mama or not just in front of the preacher, but you use that discipline in the neighborhood and stop cussing. Now, you need accountability. It can be helpful to have accountability partners. Some people have a swear jar, amen? They put money in the jar every time they cuss with us. And y'all heard this story before that uh, we had a, a deal that uh, for any of us, my brother or John John or me, if we heard the other one cussing, that we got a free punch within 24 hours. But we didn't have to say when we was going to punch. All we had to do was acknowledge we heard the cuss. And they'd be like, ah, ah, I got you, I got you. And then someone, and we would be trying to break each other's ribs. It was horrible. I'm talking about you'd be washing dishes and somebody come running around the joint. Ah, bye out, just tearing all this joint up. I'm talking about but, but yeah, but you ain't trying to, you can't drink your mama dishes, right? <laughs> and you can't cuss because it's going to be another punch. Ah, applesauce. Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> and you be like this half the day. <laughs> I laid a giant crack the rib. But it was that accountability to add. I'm not telling y'all to do that. Don't y'all go and hurt somebody and then blame the reverend and come back here with no lawsuit. Let me get this on recording. But what was just stated by Reverend Tony Lee was in no way community of hope. 
<laughs> endorsing any form of violence towards anyone in an act of discipleship. Amen. But what I realized later on, it was just hood accountability. We were just being accountable the best way we knew her at the time to each other, right? You got to find somebody to be accountable to. You got to find somebody that can ask you, how were your conversations this week? What did you talk about this week? But you, but you need to want to shift and to change. I just want to pray for everyone standing. God, in Jesus' name, I give you glory and we thank you. We thank you today, God, for not just what it means for folks to understand Christian doctrine, but we thank you, God, for what it means for folks to understand Christian lifestyle. And so, God, right now we come, God, in the name of Lord Jesus, praying for your people who are saying they want to live better by you. Guard our mouths in the name of Lord Jesus. God, guard our hearts in the name of Lord Jesus. God, help us to pour into ourselves and fill ourselves with, God, what then can overflow, which are the things of God, which are the things that are positive, uplifting. God, let our conversations build folks up and be a benefit and not a curse. God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this step your people are making. I thank you, God, as they make one step, you'll make two. And I do, God, give you glory, God, that they shall see breakthroughs in their lives as they just try to serve you better. God, prepare the people in their lives, God, not to take it personally. Prepare the people in their lives, God, to be able to see the difference. Prepare the people in their lives to be able to be receptive and where they're not receptive. God, give your people the strength to live right by you, knowing that when they live right by you, you shall make a way for them. In Jesus' name, we give you glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Won't you stand all over the church, all that are able? Won't you stand all over the church, all that are able? We want to thank God for those who are watching and joining us online. And we're just so grateful for the hand of God and how God is blessing and how God is moving in the house. Look, if you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, one of the things I hope that you understand today is that to be saved doesn't mean that you're perfect. It just means you're trying to live better. Amen. And this is a church where we, it's definitely not a church of perfect people. You can see because the pastor ain't perfect. Amen. Uh, but the reality is that we are a church of people who are trying to live better today than we did yesterday for the Lord. Trying to live better tomorrow than we do today. We're trying to grow to be all that God has called us to be. You heard Reverend Felicia say it earlier, we're a community of hope where everyone has a chance that we don't care who you are, what you've done, or who you did it with. We don't care if you did it last night or woke up doing it this morning. But when you get here, you're in the right place at the right time to become all that God has called you to become. And we believe that God's got a blessing with your name. God's got a blessing with your name, Slam on it. God loved the world so much, God sent Jesus for you. Uh, so you could be saved. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to give you opportunity today to give your heart, your life to the Lord. Or if you're already saved but you need a church home, we believe this is a great place for you to grow, to be who God has called you to be. Or you just need to rededicate your faith. If that's you, you're not saved, you need a church home, you want to rededicate your faith. Uh, whether if you're online, you can just, there's a link that will pop up there for you. Or if you're watching on Roku or Apple TV or or, or, or Fire TV or Google TV, and we're blessed to have you watching, you can just text on your phone, just text 
uh, Hope Decision, one word, Hope Decision, uh, to the number uh, 77411, to the number 77411, text Hope Decision, and a link will come so you can be, we can be able to follow up with you as you give your life to Christ or join this church. Someone today here, if you're not saved, if you need a church home or you want to rededicate your faith, just raise your hand wherever you are. If that's you, God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hands. My God. God bless you. I see your hand. My God. My God. Come on, somebody give God a hand cup of praise for these hands that are raised. I would ask everyone whose hand is raised, if you could just make your way to the altar, just say, excuse me, make your way to the altar. We just want to pray for you. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for these as they come. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I wish I had a church that knew when to shout. Hallelujah. For you online, we're grateful to God right there. Just put it in the chat. Say, it's me, it's me, it's me. And then get connected. Text Hope Decision. To 77411, 77411, one word, hope decision. To 77411. My ministers, I need you praying for these who are at the altar. Amen. We give God glory, amen. And we thank God. Now look, I'm excited for all that are here because I believe that somebody here's name may be in this basket, amen. Uh, that last week, Last week, we told folks that if you have loved ones, friends, family members, haters that you want to see get saved or join the church, God bless you. If you're coming down, you can come on down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. I need a minister over here with my brother. God bless you, sir. We told folks that you can just put names in the basket and we're going to be praying for them. Uh, praying that God would touch their hearts. And then all you got to do is just invite them, church. Amen. You don't even got to press them out. Just invite them. We are praying that God will do all the rest. Amen. Praying that God will do all the rest. Look what the Lord has done here at the altar right now. Amen. We want to thank God. We took the names that are in the basket and made our own list so that the prayer teams, etc., can get them. There's over 700 names, amen, already in the basket uh, that we're praying for, amen, that we are praying for. Your loved ones and your friends and your colleagues and your co-workers, if you know somebody not saved and they need to get in the basket uh, that we have right here by the basket, uh, we have index cards and pens uh, that there you can get an index card or a pen in the back or you can just write it on a piece of paper amen and give it to one of the greeters and they'll put it in the basket or you can put it in the basket for yourself but after service the basket <coughs> will be available in the back and you put the name in the basket and one because of technology we will make sure they're on our list amen but we are praying over every name believing for a harvest of salvation and lives changed to God's honor, to God's glory. Amen. Come on, stretch your hands to the altar to all these who have been prayed over already. God, in Jesus' name, we thank you. My goodness, we thank you for these here, but also, God, for those online. As a matter of fact, everybody at the altar, I know they prayed with you, but everybody can repeat this prayer with me. And those online, if you are giving your life to Christ, making this your church home, or rededicating your faith, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, God... Come on, say it real loud. God, I thank you for Jesus who died for me and you raised from the dead. 
that I could be saved. Please forgive me for my sins. I don't want to live that way anymore. And right now, I ask Jesus to come into my heart, be in control of my life. I want to live the way you want me to live and be the person that you've called me to be. So I thank you. Today, I'm saved. I'm saved. I got a church home. I rededicated my faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for these who are at the altar. Amen. For these who are at the altar, if you could go to my right, to your left, follow direct, follow our, us, our greeters. I'm not our greeters, our ministers. Amen. We just want to get follow-up information from you. God bless you.